and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim. This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. And we just have to say Happy Easter. Can we just say that again? Lucky. Happy Easter. <laughs> Yay. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Lent is over. Holy. <laughs> Never more than any other year. This year is the most exciting. Yeah, it really is. You know, because we talk about just on so many levels. We're going to talk about that today. But because our episode last week, we actually recorded while we were still in Lent. So it was like already, but not yet. You know. But it is already. We had to kind of pretend like it but was. But it wasn't. You know, and here we are. Now it is. Now we're and here. Here we are. So happy Michelle Benzinger. Happy Easter, girl. Happy Easter. I feel kind of like it's Easter, but I still feel like I'm kind of in the tomb. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. <gasps> yeah. Like, I don't feel like I'm not downtrodden or upset. And there's, there's still like a peace. But I was like, okay, Lord. And I don't know if it has to do with, we call it the virus instead of the virus, the virus, like we're in a fire, like our whole family, because our next door neighbor is two and he can't say it. And we, he's like, I want to go to the park. And we're like, Jojo, you can't go to the park. Why? He goes, the virus, the virus. <laughs> oh, the virus. The virus. So, so I feel like there's the still virus. a little virus refining going on over here, but I can still mm. eat, I can eat sugar now. So happy Easter. You know, um, you I'm did. excited about you, that. Happy to have in your jelly beans or what? I am. I'm totally happy to have my jelly beans. And so they're excited. They don't have Starburst jelly beans in Canada, <gasps> FYI. So I would not be upset if you tried to send me some just so oh, I can experience need to experience this. the goodness. And so if I could ever get out to the mm-hmm. grocery store, maybe I could get you some. <laughs> Taste the rainbow. They've those, shut those down the border, so I can't even go anywhere and get it myself. Not what that I would right now. Oh Seriously. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> no Starburst jelly beans. <laughs> they are good. No, it is true. I think it's true. Oh. We, For us Catholics, you know, we know like we're not in the season of Lent anymore. We're in Easter. But we also mm-hmm. know that in a, in a very strange sense, like the whole world is still kind of in a Lenten holding pattern. I mean, you know, it's like we're all waiting to emerge. We're all mm-hmm. waiting to, in a sense, resurrect as planet Earth. And so it's just very interesting to, it's like, it is in a sense like a both and, you mm-hmm. know, that we mm-hmm. know we were experiencing a newness of grace and a newness of a season. And, but we're also experiencing as well, like, oh yeah, I, you know, Easter Monday, Easter week, that's going to be like the same as last week. It's like Groundhog Day. It's <laughs> perpetual Groundhog Day right now. Seriously. So yeah. Like- Except... There's more grace right now. There's a specific <laughs> grace that we can tap into yeah. to get us through all the difficulties mm-hmm. we're experiencing. It is, all the difficulties. Yeah. It, I think I was telling you, sister, earlier, I was like, I don't feel like I'm in a tomb per se. I feel like I'm more like in a cocoon. Like the Lord is still mm. doing something where he's mm. still like his spirit is still working really deeply in me. And I don't want to come out of it because I feel like there's sure. something new life is emerging, you know, where I was like, okay, but new life with jelly beans. So, you know, God is good. God is good. <laughs> So, sister, how was your Easter celebration? <laughs> New life with jelly beans, indeed. It was really good. You know, it was very simple, and it's just very good. And I wanted to get East. I wanted to get you know some flowers for our house. And we, I went to. There's a huge major supermarket that owns the state of Texas. Not a single flower in the whole supermarket. And I found some at Walmart oh, and some Easter lilies. Sad. But I, I just was like, okay, well, 
all right, well, we've got three little Easter lilies in our chapel. No white flowers, no tulips, no nothing. And like, it's like, what do you do? And there's just, I think there's something about just even the simplicity mm-hmm. of it that I, I mean, I'm all for, you know, big cathedral masses and things like that. But there was just something of just celebrating the Triduum in, in Easter, just in the silence and the quiet. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're watching people live streaming and you're like, okay, this is different, but here we are, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we watched... Um Bishop Barron that morning on Easter morning, <laughs> one of my friends texted me and said, hope you guys all dressed up fancy. And I was like, well, we brushed our teeth and didn't wear PJs. So that's a big win around here. <laughs> I'm right there with you, girl. I'm right there. I know. I was like, I like loved seeing everybody who did dress so up fancy. Cute. I was like, we're not so quite cute. there yet. But yeah, so cute. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you, sister, about flowers. Like I felt that too in the afternoon. I thought I'm just going to go. We live around a lot of farmland. So I just went out for a drive and I thought somebody's going to have a roadside little yeah. stand. And sure enough, I found a little daffodil Aww. stand and I grabbed a couple bunches for our Easter table that night. But yeah, very simple, very sweet, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? Yeah, we kept it simple and sweet. I actually, there are parts of it I love. It's because I think there is a lot of... Um, movement in the tritium, you know, getting the, going mm-hmm. to this service and this service and this, which are all beautiful. I love entering into all these liturgies, but the fact that we had to do it as a family, I really loved it. Like Holy Thursday, we did foot washing as a family. It was really mm-hmm. beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. and we decided like, um, like the creative part of me could come out, which I loved. Like we wrote down all the priests that we knew and we on these big popsicle sticks and put them in a jar. And then we just said a prayer over them just to bl- on Holy Thursday, like oh, to bless their uh, thing and just different, you know, we just did different things and, um, you know, watching the mass on Sunday. True. Heather, we didn't dress up either. We did wear clothes, not pajamas, brushed <laughs> hair, brushed teeth. Well, probably 50, yes, 50 brushed teeth, you know, in our house, but yeah, you know, <laughs> that's probably at any time. <laughs> yes. We brushed true story, every true story. That and deodorant when you're talking about the boy population. But anyway, it was, um, it was still, it was simple, but beautiful, you know, uh, still longing and desire mm-hmm. to be you know, in full communion with our community, but it was, yeah, yeah, it was a good kind of beautiful. So Mm -hmm. I liked it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I find that in this time, there's these little gifts that are hiding. It's like little Easter eggs, you know, that are hiding around that only would come up because of the situation that we're all in being locked in, you know, like uh, at the Holy Thursday liturgy that we just had at home, Jake washed all our feet, Mm -hmm. surprised us. We were like, whoa, that was like such a gift to the family for our Mm -hmm. kids to have their dad model that. And I was like, wow, that never even crossed my mind. But look at Jake. Like he just, it was just this little thing. And then our daughter Eva surprised us all with little Easter, Easter extravaganza that she created. And I thought, you know, this wouldn't have happened this yeah. way had we not been at home. Mm-hmm. So that is true. Trying to find the good oh, things. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That's a great analogy of like the little Easter eggs hidden around, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think because yeah. things are slowing down, we're actually paying attention to those little mm-hmm. gifts and little mm-hmm. gifts. So, mm-hmm. which brings us to what, sister? Well, that brings us to our topic today because speaking of simple and beautiful, I came across uh, the Holy Father's Easter Vigil homily. And, you know, Easter Vigil, if you've never been to a mass like that, we call it the Super Bowl of the, <laughs> the Catholic world, the Super Bowl of Catholic masses. It's, <laughs> it's, it's long and it's beautiful and it's just rich and people are baptized and they're confirmed. And I mean, it's easily three hours long. It's very easy that it's three hours long. And so, but obviously this year was very different across planet Earth and 
Pope Francis gave such a glorious, glorious homily uh, at the Easter Vigil Mass that he celebrated at St. Peter's. And so we want to talk about that and just want to invite you just to download that. We'll put the link in the show notes, but it's not a very long homily at all. But he talks about the courage and hope, and he talks about the women at the tomb and he talks about going within and Christ, finding Christ there. And so uh, he picks up where the, the gospel for that evening of after the Sabbath, where the women went to the tomb. And it says, um, this is how the gospel of this holy vigil began with the Sabbath. It is the day of the Easter Trudum, which we tend to neglect as we eagerly await the passage of from Friday's cross to Easter's Alleluia. He says, this year, however, we are experiencing more than ever the great silence of Holy Saturday. And so he invites us into this place of pain mixed with fear of what would happen to them. And he's like, this is where we're finding ourselves. You know, we're finding ourselves like all these kind of things growing in our heart. And yet he says the women come to the tomb and respond uh, in a different way. So, but before we kind of delve into that, Heather, Michelle, as you guys read it, what were some of your thoughts about it as you read it, Heather? What did you think? He just has a great gift of speaking in such a short, simple way. Mm -hmm. He brought out some beautiful things that I had never thought about. And the way that he expressed it, I, yeah, it was really stunning to read that homily. I would encourage everyone to take the time. It's so short and it's so easy to understand. Um, you'll love it. And I think the one thing that stuck out to me right at the beginning was he talked about how the women encountered, you know, this horrible situation, but they didn't allow themselves to be paralyzed. Mm. And I thought, wow, like we all have decisions, you know, like some of us are in a very difficult time right now. Some of us, not so much. We're just like trying to wait it out or whatever. But, but he pointed out this beautiful thing that we don't have to allow ourselves to become paralyzed when we're faced with hardship oh, yeah. and tragedy. And they actually moved beyond the fear to make a gift of themselves. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was a beautiful reflection. Mm -hmm. Michelle, what do you think? I loved how he first started off. And I think what captivated me where he had me like in the first paragraph of this, when he said, put yourself in your position of those women. So I think there's something powerful when we go into prayer and we imagine ourselves. I think that's one of the beautiful things about Ignatian spirituality. When you actually imagine yourself, you put yourself in the scene of the gospel story that is coming to place. And it's not uh, just the story in a galaxy far, far away, but it's an actual story that we base our faith on. Mm -hmm. It's a story, you know, that is fact. And so put yourself like, and I always think, what would I do? How would I react? You know, and I would, was even thinking about it on Good Friday. It, it struck me about all the different women on the way of the cross, mm -hmm. the, how Veronica came forth how the women were weeping. And it was so interesting. And I'm not saying this, please hear my heart, because I'm a big man fan, mm -hmm. like a lot of the men in my life. But it, it really did strike me this time on Good Friday that it was the women that it came out with, like full initiating mm -hmm. came out, like Mary came out, the women were weeping, mm -hmm. Veronica came out. Simon came out, but he was pulled out to help Jesus, mm -hmm. you know? And at the women at the cross, it was the women that you know, stood there. And there's something so beautiful about women, you know, in that beauty is that they do bring forth life and they do birth life. And even in that last first paragraph, he says, there was fear about the future and that all that would need to be rebuilt. Mm -hmm. And I was like, for such a time as this, is this not where we are right now in mm. our world and in the church, you know, for fear of the future and all that will need to be rebuilt. And I think I've said it before on the podcast, the beauty of women is they have a powerful influence because we are life givers at our very core. And when we don't turn into manipulation, but we turn into pure influence, that's a powerful mm. force. Mm -hmm. You know, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of that, that is a game changing force. 
And um, yeah, so sister, what are your yeah. thoughts? I, I love both of what you've shared. And we talked a bit about, we started recording the podcast. We were talking about just even being paralyzed. And a few, a few weeks ago, we had an episode where we talked about those parts of our hearts or our lives that are paralyzed where we can't breathe, you know, where we feel like we can't breathe, where something happens and something triggers a response in us and it just feels overwhelming. And I love what you're saying there, Heather, about the choices that we have, because the women at the tomb also had some choices as well. And he, I love it. He says in the situation the, the Holy father says the women did not allow themselves to be paralyzed. They did not give in to the gloom of sorrow and regret. They did not morosely close in on themselves or flee from reality. I'm like, Oh, isn't that just, can we just look at that for a second? They didn't give mm. in to the gloom of sorrow and regret. <laughs> They did not morosely close in on themselves, nor did they flee from reality. That here they are in this situation, this totally, even though they might have heard about it, they heard Christ talk about it, it's just beyond them. They can't believe that mm -hmm. this he's not there. What do you mean he's not there? Like, what's happening right now? And um, I was just, I've been going to some online 12-step meetings, which have been outstanding. And I'd, I just love, just love listening to people share and just the wisdom mm -hmm. from the big book. And part of the promises of one of the 12-step groups is, you know, we will neither regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. And I was just thinking of mm. just a new of those promises of like where Jesus comes into these places where we do have tend to give into gloom or we do flee from reality or all these things. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about this time is that many of the places that we did flee from reality to those are gone. And so here we are at the tomb and the Lord is raising us from the dead and he's doing something new and it requires a response. Like love always requires a response. And that's what the women, that's what the women give. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the choice, the the gift of choosing that we all have in the midst of difficulty, because we all have it in various areas, and many times it's unbeknownst to anybody mm -hmm. else, the difficulty that we go through. We do have a choice. That's something that you know he speaks later about the gift of hope that no one else. We all have a right to hope that no one yes. can take away from us. And I'd say we all, we all have choice, which is an incredible gift from God that that we have free will. We we are not. Um, overtaken by darkness, we have choices within there. And of course, Jesus is the hope and Jesus is the light, but we have to cooperate with what he is doing and what the possibilities are. And it comes from hope just being ignited in our heart. And it goes on to say, they did. the women did not stop loving in the darkness of their hearts. They lit a flame of Ooh, mercy. Amen. And, and they just, they did the next right thing. And I, I'm a big believer in this because not because it's being talked about in various circles. I think there's a podcast called The Next Right Thing, something like that. But this concept, I think, is actually critical when we are in difficult moments. If we look at where we find ourselves in a tumultuous time or pain or we're overwhelmed with fear, we cannot look up at the whole mountain of how we're going to get through this and figure it out. We just have to take the next right mm -hmm. step, do the next mm -hmm. right thing. And for me, I found myself in this situation in the last couple of years, um, many, 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 many days of feeling like I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix my situation. I don't know how to fix the relationship. I don't know what to do. And the Lord was just like, Heather, just do the next right. Don't shut down. Don't paralyze. Do the next right thing, the next most loving thing that you can choose that's right in mm -hmm. front of you. And um, and when I when I actually did cooperate with that, that wasn't always the case. You know, obviously there's many, many failures along the way. But when I did cooperate with the grace that was there and had a little bit of hope in my heart, 
I was able to make the steps. And you never know when breakthrough is going to come. It could just be right around the corner. It could be tomorrow. It could be three weeks from now. If you can hang on and keep just doing the next right thing, you never know when the resurrection might occur in your own heart, in your own life, in your marriage, in your addictions, in, in whatever situation that you might be in. And I think that this is the most beautiful story of like it was the darkest day in all of history. And here they are doing the next right thing. I think it was the darkest day. And there's a quote, and I can't remember the author, and it says, new life starts in the dark, whether it's a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb. It starts in the dark. Mm -hmm. You know, everything starts in the dark, and it's not something to fear. It's something to lean in and love. You know, those times in the dark when we don't, like you were saying, Heather, the next right thing that we just have to lean in and love. And... They, it just amazes me, like putting myself in the scene that they went to the tomb not knowing at all mm-hmm. what they were going to mm-hmm. encounter. But they came with their love, but then they also came with their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, they just came because this was the one that loved them and he transformed their life. And like you were saying, sister, this was their response. Mm-hmm. They were going to show up regardless. Mm-hmm. They were going to show up because he was their savior. They were going to show up because he was the love of their life. They were going to show up because he transformed their life. And this was their response of love. And they could, I mean, and it even says in the beginning of this uh, homily, like where they, they have, could have come across the same fate. Mm-hmm. They could be put to death. And they, their love is stronger than that, mm-hmm. their fear. Mm-hmm. And that is what they represented, is that their love was stronger than fear. One of my favorite poets is Wendell Berry, and he has this great poem about a farmer, actually, that I love. But the last line about the farmer is he says, may we all practice resurrection, mm-hmm. you know. And I was thinking to myself, it's been like swirling around in my head the last couple of days, how do I practice resurrection? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I like the same um, power that rose Jesus from the dead, scripture tells us, is alive in us Amen. and can transform us. Mm-hmm. How do I practice resurrection in my daily life? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I respond to his extravagant, you know, gift of love? And I really hope this time, you know, for all of us being cloistered and because of the, the virus, virus. <laughs> is a virus that we do emerge, like we do emerge different people, oh gosh, that we yeah. do emerge, you know, transformed, that we do emerge resurrected people, that the busyness of our lives um, stops so we can hear the truth of our lives loud and that we can respond to that truth. And um, yeah. That's a good word, girl. And I think so. that's exactly what the Pope Francis is saying. And he says, Jesus, this is such great, it's just such great, like poetic imagery. He says, Jesus, like a seed buried in the ground, was about to make new life blossom in the world. And these women, by prayer and love, were helping to make that hope flower. How many people in these sad days have done and are still doing what those women did, sowing seeds of hope with small gestures of care, of affection, and prayer? And that's exactly like you're both saying. That's how it works. That's how we practice resurrection. That's the next right thing. And we, you know, we don't know the future. We don't know what's going to come around the corner, but we do know the one who does. And we know the one who is saving us now. And, and he speaks about that in the next paragraph of the right to hope, which is not, he says, it's not just optimism. It's not a pat on the back. He's like, it's a gift from the God. And I was like, Lord, give me the gift of hope. You know, <laughs> give me that gift. I, it's a theological virtue, faith, hope, and love. Like it's directly to order toward God himself, like increase that in me so that no matter what mm-hmm. happens, no matter what happens, I will always turn to you knowing that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and that you make all things new. Mm-hmm. No, all things new, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, those simple, those three simple things that you pointed out, care, affection, and prayer, that's a great question, Gosh, yeah. I think, for each of us mm-hmm. to ask. Like, today, how am I going to, like, make small gestures of care, affection, and prayer? Like, that's a simple place to start. I think there's so many times when we're in a mess like this of life, wherever you might find yourselves, maybe because of the virus, maybe not. We're going to say virus the whole time. <laughs> Baby um, Vine, you're a rock star. Go yeah, ahead. but maybe it's something else, you know, and and yeah, if we can choose like little things, little acts to get get us out of whatever we're in, whatever we're stuck mm-hmm. in, that's a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. thing. I think there's another question too that he talks about the stones that we place in oh, front of gosh, hope. Yeah. And I thought, mm-hmm. what are the stones that I place mm-hmm. in front of hope mm-hmm. in my life? And and maybe not just in my life that general, but in this situation in in this other relationship, you know, in this area of sin. Mm-hmm. Like wh- what is the stone in front of me hoping and believing that God can transform this um, or that there's something better coming for me? Mm-hmm. But I don't know the answer. I just, I was like, I need to ponder this, you know, I need to take this to my prayer. No, I think that's true. And I've been, I've just been convicted myself really in these areas of, of self-protection, which I think is a lot of times our stones mm-hmm. are self-protection of like, it's I, it's so I vulnerable agree. for joy is so vulnerable and courage is so vulnerable and hope is so vulnerable that it just seems quote unquote safer and more comfortable just to cling on to the stone of sadness or to the stone of self-protection mm-hmm. or to the stone of nothing's going to change. And then we can settle into like kind of this thing like, well, it's like, you know, I think we've talked about this before, like that old Aesop's fable of the, the fox that went to reach for the grave and he couldn't reach them. And he put his little hand through the fence and it was tried with all of his might and they're big, juicy, purple grapes and he couldn't reach them. And he pulled his little hand out of the fence and he says, well, they're probably sour anyway. You know, that's where we get the saying sour grapes, you know? Mm. And I just think like, mm. that's just, I was so convicted of that the Lord was saying that to me, like here are stones in your life of self-protection where it's more comfortable for you to be sad in this place versus to live courageously in vulnerability and joy here, knowing that I am the author of this story, not you, you know? And I was like, oh, oh girl, I mean, boy, like, <laughs> here we go, you know, like, <laughs> Preach it, Lord. Preach it to me, you know. So, yeah. And I think, like, when we, uh, like, when we choose the, these self-protective yeah. walls, like, they keep so much Gosh, out, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, they keep so much out. Like, they keep all the goodness out. They keep all the beauty out. They keep all the truth out. But when we allow them to be, um, to come down, because I think a lot of us, you know, we're in this process right now. Like, like the last Holy Saturday was excruciating. Like, there was, like, this huge wall that came down in my heart. And the first thing... It like took me um, by surprise, and so I was caught so off guard. So my, I mean, this makes me cry. My first reaction is to back away from other people because I was mm. caught so off guard that I was like, "Nope, wall has to go up," because I couldn't get my mm-hmm. bearings. And so, and this was the Lord was, and He very so intimately. And I mean, this is the power of a Lord that resurrected. This is the power when he comes close like that. I mean, he's so close to the brokenhearted. I mean, it was like he whispered to my heart. He's like, I'm trying to heal you, not hurt oh, you. Gosh. Can you trust oh. me in this? And I was like, beautiful. okay. But it was almost like I was trying, I was telling Chris like about it. My husband afterwards, I was like, it's kind of like he almost had to be like a horse whisper mm-hmm. because I would spook really easily. So mm-hmm. he had to hold me yeah. really close. And almost treat me like a child because he's like, okay, you'll spook, you know. But I realized, okay, in these areas of vulnerability, um, if I can allow those walls of self-protection to come down, 
oh my gosh, that's like the fullness of love. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And I realized as connected as I've been to the Lord, it was to like, I don't, it was so, it's like a low grade connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like a Wi-Fi signal is kind of connected, but it wasn't like the full force, you know? And he's like, girl, I want to give you like really connected fiber optic <laughs> connection with me, you know? And you would settle for a low grade connection, but those walls have to come down, you know? And mm-hmm. we've said it before, the a lot of the times the reasons why we have self-protective walls is because... They kept us safe from something that we didn't yeah. want in, you know, but he's asking us to find his safety um, in him. And it was so interesting that day. And I was going through all that. Um, sweet Tori, a friend of ours, sent me a card, just mm-hmm. an Easter card out of the blue. And she sent it in the front of it was John Paul II, which I've been praying for John Paul II's intercession for one of my children fervently. And she had no idea. And the second I opened it up and she had sent me a sticker of Aslan, he is not safe, but he is good. And I was like, girl, you don't know how I text her. You don't know how good your timing is today. It is spot on, you know? So, mm. yeah. So that is the God of hope. That That's a I beautiful I honor word, that, Michelle. Yeah. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to heal mm-hmm. you. That is, that speaks to mm-hmm. you. It speaks to me. I think we all need to hear that in the, in the depth mm-hmm. of our heart, you know? I think many times it feels like that. And I think parents, you sometimes get a little clue into this when you see your kids get hurt and you have to, like, if you want to take a big sliver out of their foot or something, it hurts like heck, you know, when they're trying to get it up. You're like, just hold still. Like, this will actually make Mm. this better, you know, but that takes trust, trust in the heart of God that, that, yeah, he's Mm -hmm. there to heal. He's our healer. It's so beautiful. I love when Pope Francis says at the end that nothing can ever rob us of the love you have for us. He says, and he talks about courage being a gift. And I was just thinking courage and love, these are all gifts. They're not things we give ourselves. They they come from the one who is love. And and yeah, if we're not open to receiving the gifts that God has, then you know, we're we're alone in it. We're trying to battle it on our own or we're trying to make it through alone. And that's just incredibly exhausting. <laughs> incredibly exhausting. And I think we've all felt that, all three of us at different points where we've tried to do it alone, go it alone, figure it all alone, and we're we're just left utterly Mm -hmm. exhausted by the end. And that's what I mean by gifts in the midst of the hardship, like God has gifts, courage and love and peace um, for us to find even here. And I was just going to say, like one of the last paragraphs, it just stood out to me. So when you sent it, sister, I was reading it, and I was just crying because when it says... These women in the end took hold of Jesus's feet for they have traveled so far mm-hmm. to meet us to the point of entering and emerging, emerging from the tomb. And that just that whole image I had been praying all week with the image of the women that the woman that washed Je- Mary that washed Jesus's feet, you know, and the alabaster jar. And I always think about like, why did she break the jar? She could have just poured the oil, you know, over his feet. But it says she broke the jar and the Lord is. And I just think that's what he's doing to each and every one of us as a resurrection people. Like he wants to break it wide open. He just doesn't want us to pour mm. a little bit out. He wants to break the whole thing wide open so that we'll completely mm. take hold of him, you know, mm. and not let go. Yeah, I just, uh, gosh, it's beautiful what you both are saying. It's beautiful. I just want to honor your heart, Michelle, there. That was just such a, just a stunning sharing into your own journey where Jesus, you know, journeys with you. And it's such a sacred place, isn't it? And 
And I, th I think all of us have, every single person has that desire to, to be gently sought out and to be seen and to be tenderly cared for in those places, like so tenderly. And so I think that's such a great uh, sign of hope for all of us, right? Where the Lord comes and, and, and reveals himself to us in these places that are, that are surprising, that are like literally the Easter eggs, right? Where he calls Mary's name and she remembers and she, you know, she recognizes his voice and these little places where, where the Lord is constantly coming. And he says in this homily, you know, the, the Lord tells, you know, tells the women, tell my brothers to go to Galilee. It's like Galilee is where everyday life is. He's like, this is the simplicity of everyday mm -hmm. life. And so this isn't just in the extraordinary moments. This is the everyday life where I'm going to come and enter into your life where you're going to give care, affection, and prayer and open our hearts. And we're going to keep going. Like we're going to keep going. And I think, um, you know, I was just very convinced. One of the, the priests that mentored me, uh, Father Pinto, God rest his soul. But he, you know, I remember one time he was teaching, he was giving a class to a bunch of us and, and he just kind of stopped. And at the end of the teacher's teaching a scripture class and he just stopped at one moment. He just turned and he looked at us. There's like 20 of us there. And he's like, he said, isn't it beautiful? But he said, no matter what, no matter what is taken from us, that at the end of the day, that Jesus would call us his friends, you know? And he said, mm. isn't that enough for us? That no matter what, no matter accolade you get or when, no matter mm. what accolade is taken away or whatever great thing you do, or what small thing you do, that at the end of the day, isn't it enough just to be called his friend? And I was so struck by that mm. over the Easter Trudum of like, yeah, Lord, it's it's enough. It's more than enough just to be in your quiet, humble service mm -hmm. to have you call me a friend. Oh, my gosh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So, dear friends, uh, we just offer uh, just some of our own reflections here. I know that you're going to dig deeply into this homily and find many more Easter eggs. <laughs> Many more jewels uh, where the Lord is where the Lord is speaking to you. But before we go to our, we didn't have a one thing last week, or we did, we did actually. But before we go to our one thing, Michelle and Heather, is there anything you want to kind of just um, add to what we've shared, or anything else you want to say uh, before we kind of go into our our next thing here, Heather? Do you want to add something? Oh, just an encouragement to receive the gift of hope in this beautiful season of Easter. Mm -hmm. I mean, God really is who He says He is, and and. Uh, that he would even give us the gift of faith in those places where we wonder or we doubt if he really is. Um, yeah, so that would be my one encouragement. Yeah, and just the last line that Pope Francis said, is, today as pilgrims in search of hope, we cling to you, risen Jesus. We turn our backs on death and open our hearts to you for your life itself. And so, and I just feel like, um, yeah, Sister and Heather and I are like, we are pilgrims Amen. on the journey with mm -hmm. you all. Clinging to him, looking for hope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen, for sure. Amen. Well, speaking of, Michelle, we know that one of your one things for Easter is jelly beans, but what would be your other one? What's your other one thing or two other one things for the week as we journey into this Easter season, dear? Um, I just have one, and it is the movie. Our, it's a TV series, kind of. You can find it on an app, or you can watch it on YouTube called The Chosen, and it is the life of Jesus. And I have to say, I usually do not like Christian movies because I find them cheesy. They can be, yeah. Yes, they can be at times, and this one is not. And it is beautiful, and it is um, it's just really endearing. It really has captured my heart. We've been watching it with the kids, and it really brings the characters in the gospel uh, to life mm. and their quirks and their humanness. It makes Jesus, gosh, it just, 
he is so human and so delightful. Like he really is just like, so it makes you really want to just delight in him. So, which I love when they portray, you know, Jesus like that. And so I highly recommend that you check it out. I think mm. it will just really enhance your whole imagination and um, really bring the gospels to life in a powerful, realistic way. So sister, what is your one thing? My one thing is actually something from Miss Heather Kim, who's so wonderful. I was on Easter Sunday, I was looking for a fun playlist, and I came across, Heather, your playlist, and I don't even know how old this is, but you had put out together a playlist called Hallelujah is Our Song some time ago, and I've been I've been firing that thing up, girl. I love it. So I just want to give that a shout out again to our listeners, if we haven't before, that that's a great, just fun playlist for all of Easter. Easter's, a, Easter's many weeks. It's not just one day or one week. It's many weeks. So I just want to give that to our listeners, put together by our very own. Yeah, I listened to it too yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think it was last year's Easter playlist, so you can find it on Spotify. <laughs> If you don't have Spotify, Spotify is free. You can just, I don't know, take a snapshot and put it in your iTunes playlist, whatever. Yeah, well, I have two, and they're both music things that have come out in the last couple of weeks, and thank God they did because they've really just been such, just creating this beautiful space of prayer around me in my home. And as I'm just like baking things and cleaning things and doing all the stuff. Uh, so the first one is Stephanie Gretzinger has a new album out and Stephanie Gretzinger, I love, but she's pretty wild. Like, I mean, she will definitely push the boundaries, but in this particular album, it's just quiet and, and really deep and intimate. It's so beautiful. And there's a song that she does with Matt Marr. That's just it's wonderful called center of all history. So I recommend that. And then the other one is called peace by Bethel just came out and it's songs that they have recorded before, but often their songs are like in a live setting. So they're quite rowdy or, or loud. And so that's puts off some people. This one is like a really quiet version of all of these songs. And they're so beautiful. You will love it. If you love worship music, you're going to love these two albums. Oh, yay. Those, those are all fun offerings. I want to listen to those yeah. too. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, dear listeners. And we wish you once again, a very, very happy Easter. And we pray that this week, especially that hope will be born anew through Jesus Christ in your life and in every place you seek him. So thank you for coming with us on the journey. And until next time, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. If our podcast has blessed you, would you please consider financially supporting Abiding Together via Patreon? Patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going. And now that we at Abiding Together have an independent platform, we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high quality content we offer, such as our website, design, tech support, staff, and other elements. Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy. So thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization and donations are tax deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather, and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. 
We are so grateful for your support and may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you.